From Hemlock Creek Productions comes the new supernatural horror audio drama, Liars and Leeches. Grief, anxiety, terror. Tanya Wright felt it all after the tragic murders of her sister and brother-in-law in a random act of gun violence. Struggling to travel outside of her home, she now lives constantly on edge about perceived threats that seem to surround her. Retreating to the house her sister and brother-in-law once shared to process her grief, Tanya soon discovers that someone, or something, has followed her there. With the help of her best friend Natalie and others she meets along the way, can Tanya overcome her fears before they completely consume her? For more information about Liars and Leeches and Hemlock Creek Productions, visit www.hemlockcreekprod.com. That's hemlockcreekprod.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Audio Drama Sunday Theater, part of the Once Upon a Podcast Network. My name is George Soroy, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in for the first month of Audio Drama Sunday Theater. This is the second week of October, and this is going to be the week which features the actual show that will be be presented. And that is what we are doing today. This month will be the start of the new setup. The second week will be the presentation of the actual show for your enjoyment. And then two weeks later will be the interview with the creative forces. So that is where we are right now. And I really am so excited to be presenting this one. Since this is October, we are going to present to you a little spookier kind of tale. And I wanted to feature something that was recently released, but it's also very much in the vein of the old 1940s show Lights Out or any other type of show that really kind of gives a darker, very menacing, very spooky kind of story. And that is what Liars and Leeches definitely is. Listening to the trailer, as you just heard, you can definitely get a really good spooky vibe to it. And I am so excited for you to hear episode one because it presents all of that and then some. It's very much in the style of Lights Out, but it's also what's really cool about this. There is some really incredible narration going throughout the story that reads so much like a campfire type of story. And so you hear the narrator, Ryan, with a flashlight under his chin, just presenting the story around a campfire. And then as the story unfolds, that's when you hear the dialogue. That's when you hear the the action going on. That's when you hear the really incredible menacing score that is going on. I am really uh, excited for this, and I am really excited to present Marissa Ewing to you. She's worked on editing audio for hundreds of different podcast episodes for other people, but this is the first time she's ever created and released an original story. And Olivia Steele, who played the alarm, was the first person that she ever directed. Also, 
all of the actors, except for Ryan, the narrator, and and Kendall, who plays Tanya, everyone else recorded in their own homes, and she directed everyone remotely. And members of the cast and crew live in five different countries. And so you wouldn't be able to hear that, the way that everything just blends so well together. And she even said, the show was influenced by a blend of personal experiences and inspiration from other stories, including The Outsider, which was written by Stephen King, and also the pacing and atmosphere of HBO's adaptation of The Outsider really kind of really played a part in inspiring this, as well as the comic series Ice Cream Man. For the whole series... Now, we're only going to be playing episode one this week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to include a link so that way you can access episode two and beyond for the rest of it. So that way you can you can get the full experience that way. There are 20 voice actors in this whole series. 21, if you count Marissa. She went ahead and gave herself a single line as an airport boarding call announcer. So be sure to listen for that. I did something similar with Excelsior, the audio journey. I gave myself the one line of Seminex when he says to Aceris that it is good to, it is good to be back. And so you got to give yourself a little, little hint of a, a cameo. You got to give yourself a little Hitchcock moment. So kudos to Marissa for doing that. And also just as a quick, another little bit of look behind the scenes, both Marissa and her sound designer, Melissa, they have a strong audio background And they sometimes felt frustrated at being brought on to projects to begin work after everything had already been written and recorded. And so because of that, the process was a little bit different. Melissa was brought onto the show before the scripts were finalized. And then she and Marissa went through the scripts and made edits to the script with the sound design in mind, which is really something that I should have done when I was putting, when I was putting Excelsior, the audio journey together, because I remember going through that whole big list of all these different effects and everything, just thinking like, who is the, who is the asshole who put this together? Oh, wait, that was me. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, kudos to them for, for doing this. And one of the big changes that they made was they added in more efforts like crying and sighing and climbing to make the scenes feel more realistic. So that's all for the behind the scenes notes. So let's get started with episode one of Liars and Leeches. And remember, When this episode is done, take a look at the show notes, so that way you can hear the full story for yourself. Enjoy, and ever upward. From Hemlock Creek Productions comes the new supernatural horror audio drama, Liars and Leeches. and Leeches is a horror audio drama intended for mature audiences only. It contains sensitive topics including discussions of gun violence as well as depictions of domestic violence, stalking, and murder. More specific details about each episode are listed in the show notes. Listener discretion is advised. Liars and Leeches, Episode 1, Unpacked and Stored Away.
All available units respond to the Cedar Grove Mall. Reports of shots fired and multiple victims. Suspects should be considered armed and dangerous. Tanya stared down at the picture of her sister and brother-in-law, their faces beaming up at her as they waved to the camera. Tanya remembered taking the picture of them a few years ago, the day they moved into this house. She wished she could go back to those simpler times. Hey, where do you want this box to go? Oh, um, you can just set it over there for now. It had been over a month since Tanya had moved into her sister and brother-in-law's old home, and she was having trouble accepting that it was hers now. Everywhere she looked, there were little reminders that she was here, and they were not. <clears throat> you know, this place isn't half bad. Victorian, original flooring, high ceilings. I bet the hosts of one of those home renovation shows would love to get their hands on it. It's nice the way it is. If Tammy and Jim had wanted to change anything, they would have. Uh, they would have wanted you to be happy, Tanya. And I think if painting a room a different color would make you happy, they'd cheer you on. The house is yours now, after all. And that was the hard part, Tanya thought. Tammy and Jim had left her the house, but Tanya never imagined she'd be living here. She'd always assumed Tammy and Jim would change their will to leave the house to their future children. Okay, so, bedroom and office are basically done. All we've got left are the kitchen and your clothes. Which, by the way, you could definitely do some Marie Kondoing of those. You've got stuff in there I swear I saw you wear ten years ago. Hey, my college style was unparalleled. Yeah, back in 2010. No one wants low-rise jeans anymore. They're a torture device designed to make people feel shitty about themselves, no matter what TikTok is trying to tell us. You have a TikTok? Absolutely not, but I follow enough people on Twitter who do, and they report back with what the youths are saying. Besides, Liz says that Gen Z is trying to make Y2K fashion come back. Ah, well, if Liz says so, it must be true. (laughs) Don't act skeptical. She's the one you hired for culture reporting. But seriously, we need to update your clothes. Moving is the perfect time to make a fresh start with a new wardrobe. You donate a few things, you buy a few more, suddenly you're a whole new woman. I... I don't know. Have you decided what you're gonna do with Tammy's stuff? Jim's too? I'm not sure yet. I was thinking about storing them or giving them away, but I don't know. Hey, hey, it's all good. Right now, let's put the stuff in boxes, put them in the attic, and you can take some time to think about it. Let's just focus on getting your stuff unpacked. The makeover can wait, too. Thanks. I just... This is hard enough as it is, you know. This is Tammy and Jim's home. Their room, their clothes, their furniture. Uh, You know what I found? Uh, The first night I stayed here? What? A pregnancy test. Oh, God. Tammy had a couple in the medicine cabinet. They wanted a baby so badly. They had it all worked out, too. Two kids, two girls. They both wanted girls. Jim wanted to be a girl dad. That's why they decided to buy this place. They thought the yard would be perfect for kids. Maybe a dog, too. Jesus. Was she... No. She wasn't. (sighs) Little miracles 
Uh, it's not three deaths then. Oh, God. It's okay. Just let it out. You're good. You're safe. And I'm here with you. Tanya had always been grateful to Natalie, in one way or the other. At the start of their friendship, it had been how upfront and honest Natalie had been about how much their paws had sucked. Over the past years, it varied from honesty about outfits to support during late nights and writing tough stories at work. After Tammy and Jim's deaths, Natalie had truly become Tanya's rock in every sense of the word, helping her survive every painful day. Natalie had held Tanya as she cried and had been upfront with her about how she'd needed to take better care of herself. Without Natalie, Tanya knew she'd probably still be in her apartment, curled under the covers and staring blankly at the wall. <laughs> it's, it's such a cliche, but I keep feeling like they're, they're going to walk through that door any second. But then I wake up each morning in their house and I have to tell myself that they're that they're not coming back and I'm just going to have to spend the rest of my life missing them. Grief's a bitch. <laughs> You're telling me. <sighs> Thanks for spending a Saturday with my whiny ass. Are you kidding? There's no other whiny ass I'd want to spend time with. <laughs> Besides, you clearly weren't going to unpack without a little motivation. So, what room's next? For today, just the kitchen. How bad is it? Well, I've had a lot of takeout lately, but you know, dishes can pile up. Oh boy. The idea of pushing forward and continuing to work made Tanya feel deeply exhausted. All day she'd been putting her sister and brother-in-law's things away and replacing them with her own. She needed air. She needed to get out. Hey, not to dump all of this unpacking on you and run, but maybe I should just go and get something to make for dinner. Wow, and here I was thinking the price for helping you move in was beer and a pizza. <laughs> Given that we're not in our 20s, I figured my famous vodka sauce and pasta would work. God, you know I love that sauce and you haven't made it in forever. Pick up some frozen garlic bread and I'll be content. <laughs> you got it. As Tanya started her car, she took a moment to collect herself before leaving for the store. She stared at the house Tammy and Jim had left her. It had been their pride and joy, a fixer-upper turned dream home. Tanya remembered her brother-in-law, Jim, spending so much time nitpicking over the yard, mowing the grass, trimming the bushes into just the right shape. But now the grass was overgrown and the bushes unkept. In the past, Tanya had always found grocery shopping tedious. 
the bright artificial lights, the hum of the annoying music playing over the loudspeakers, and the dance of navigating past other shoppers was boring at best and frustrating at worst. After Tammy and Jim's deaths, it had turned into a new kind of nightmare. At least this store was nearly empty. Tanya knew she couldn't deal with a large crowd today. Okay. So I've got vodka. I've got pasta. All right. Oh, tomato paste next. Oh. Shit. Uh, sorry. Butterfingers. All good. Tanya gripped her basket tighter with sweaty hands, feeling her heart race. Come on, Tanya. You're fine. You're fine. They just dropped a can. You're fine. Of course, a loud bang would startle her. It would startle anyone, but especially someone whose life had been affected by gun violence. But that didn't make it any better. Logic couldn't make her emotions settle. She pictured Tammy and Jim, and how a few short bangs was all it took to take them out of this world. Oh God, no! Fuck! Not here, Tanya. Not here. The walls felt as if they were starting to press in as Tanya tried to breathe. She felt like dropping her basket, running from the store, and heading for the safety of her house. For a moment, Tanya considered texting Natalie, whose dry wit might be able to calm and ground her. But this was such a small thing, and Natalie already had done so much. Just breathe. You only have a couple more things to get. Come on, you can make it a few more minutes without. Needing your hand held. <sighs> okay. Ma'am, I can take you down here. Oh, thank you. Good afternoon. How's your day been? Good. Um, it's good. As the cashier began ringing her up, Tanya noticed him for the first time. A man, tall and slender, but something about him made Tanya deeply uneasy. He was just standing there, frozen in the middle of the aisle, with no shopping cart or basket in sight. One of his hands was shoved deep into the pocket of a large hooded trench coat. The other hung by his side, a diamond-shaped tattoo inked on the back of his hand, despite his face being obscured by the coat's large hood. It was clear that his attention was fixed on Tanya. Isn't the weather nice? It's a perfect July day. Okay, not too hot, but still, you know, nice and summery. And it's supposed to be like that all week. <laughs> Do you have anything fun planned? Just uh, dinner with a friend tonight. Aw, that's nice. You know, I was hoping to go into the city soon, see a musical on Broadway. Oh, have you heard of that new one about like Emily Dickinson or whatever? It's supposed to be like really sad, and like the entire audience leaves sobbing. But I think it sounds good. Sometimes a really good performance will move you to tears, but I think that's just a sign that the show was really well done. You know. Tanya wanted to leave. The store felt as if it were closing in on her. The walls pressing in and fluorescent lighting too bright. The store's air conditioning was way too high, and even in the hoodie she was wearing, Tanya shivered. 
the man was still watching her. Even though she couldn't see his face, Tanya could feel his eyes on her. However, the cashier didn't seem to notice her distress. Even though the audience seems to love it, I don't think the critics agree, but I totally don't buy the reviews. What do you think? I, um, I don't know. I'm not a big musicals person. I never went much when I lived in the city. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You lived in the city? Boring little town like Cedar Grove must be awfully different than what you'd be used to in the Big Apple. What brings you out here? (sighs) Sometimes life has plans for you that you don't expect. Oh, I totally understand that. Like, I was so excited to move into NYC last year, but have you seen those apartment prices? They're just so damn expensive. I'm not a millionaire, you know? So now I live here to save money. Not much theater out here except the community theater. Have you seen them? They're doing much. The man stood unnaturally still, so much so that he could have been a statue. No one else in the store seemed to notice him except for Tanya. Every time she glanced over and saw the man continuing to stare, she felt her unease turning into fear. Something was wrong. This man was dangerous. She knew that in her gut, beyond any sort of paranoia or trauma, this man was dangerous. And it looks like your total is $25 even. Cash your card. Tanya could feel the anxiety coursing through her. She felt exposed and vulnerable and longed to be back at the house with Natalie. The man still hadn't moved, watching her as if he was waiting for something. Thank you for shopping at the hometown farm stand. Please come again. Tanya grabbed her groceries, grateful to not have to speak with the cashier anymore, and looked at the man one last time. The man cocked his head to the side, ever so slightly. Without warning, he began to stride purposefully down the aisle towards her, seeming to move faster and faster with every step, his hand starting to move out of his pocket, gripping something Tanya couldn't see. Tanya lost the battle against her panic. She started to run, heading for the exit as fast as she could. Her heart was pounding as she made it to her car, almost dropping her bags as she fumbled over keys. Fuck! Shit! Fuck! Open! Open! Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. For a few minutes, Tanya simply sobbed alone in her car. In her mind, she thought back to the reports from the mall on that terrible, terrible day. How the shooter had simply stood there, watching people pass before he'd opened fire. How it had all happened so quickly that survivors struggled to recount what happened. How Tammy and Jim made the error of walking out of a store at just the wrong minute. As she began to breathe again, shallow, short breaths, she noticed that there were no loud noises or screams coming from the grocery store. No one else had run outside. There were no sirens. It was as if nothing had happened, as if the man had evaporated into thin air. There was no threat. The panic remained, though, and for a moment, Tanya considered calling Natalie again. Okay. Okay. You can do this. Come on, Tanya. It's just a ten-minute drive. Tanya pulled out of the parking lot, putting all of her attention into getting back as fast as she could. She tried to ignore how badly her hands were still shaking. 
Tanya made it home, she sat in the driveway for a few long minutes. The Victorian facade of the house towered over her, feeling almost imposing and unwelcome. Tanya's hands gripped the steering wheel tightly. She knew she had to go back inside and face Natalie, but she didn't want to explain what had happened at the grocery store just yet. She wanted to curl up somewhere and rest, but as much as she wanted it, she couldn't let herself do that. She had to put on her best and bravest face and keep pushing forward. Hey, you're back. Yep, I got everything I needed. While you were gone, I got the kitchen sort of organized. You really need to buy plates that match. Also, I managed to get all those coffee mugs unpacked and stored away without breaking a single one. So, your collection is safe. You okay? It's nothing. I'm just hungry, that's all. Let's get dinner going. Natalie didn't press Tanya for details as they made dinner. She instead focused on light, easy topics like the new reality show she'd just binged. However... Tanya knew Natalie wasn't going to let her go so easily. She rarely let go of anything, which made her a keen journalist and a good friend most of the time. It also meant that today, despite Tanya's feigned sense of calm, she would try to investigate further. The subject would come up again tonight. Tanya was sure of it. The timing, as it turned out, was in the middle of dinner. So, what happened at the store? I don't really want to talk about it. You looked like you'd seen a ghost when you got home. And since you won't talk to a therapist, it's time for best friend therapy, which isn't as good as the real thing, but it'll do in a pinch. So what happened? (sighs) I saw a man. Someone you knew? No, he was... I couldn't see his face. He was tall, though. He had a trench coat on with a hood pulled up over his head. He was just staring at me. The whole time I was at the register, he was just watching me. Weird. And then when I was grabbing my bags, he just started rushing down the aisle towards me and and he looked like he was about to pull something out of his pocket. What? Are you serious? Yeah, and I just ran to my car. I I nearly forgot the damn groceries. I I couldn't breathe. I couldn't think. I just sat there, and I felt like I was... I felt like there was a weight crushing down on me. Uh Uh-huh. I realized it's it's never going to stop, Nat. I'm always going to be terrified of some random guy just pulling out a gun wherever I am, and it sucks. It sucks. And I hate it, and I hate... I just hate all of this. Tanya. (laughs) And it's so fucking embarrassing. I'm an adult, you know? People go to the grocery store all the time. Hey, hey, it's not embarrassing. It's totally normal for you to feel like that. Also, that guy sounds like a creep who was trying to freak you out. So, really, I'm pissed at him. What the hell am I supposed to do, Nat? I lived in their house, in their town, and and every time I step out of the house, I'm convinced I'm going to die the same way. Tanya, I've said it a thousand times, but I think you need a therapist. Because there's only so much I can do. I know. I'm serious. You need someone who can help you with this, who's trained to deal with heavy shit, and who can guide you in the right direction. Because... Right now, you're falling apart, and I am not about to see my best friend's life get ruined. 
I am here for you. I am going to help you get the help you need, but you're going to have to take that first step. I just... I just... It's so fucking hard. I know, babe. I know. It's never going to be easy, but it'll get a little better someday. You can be angry and sad and miss them so fucking much, but I promise you'll be able to start moving forward someday. How do you even find a therapist nowadays? And like, how do you find someone when you're going through all this? Just walk into some therapist's office like, Hi, I'm Tanya, and my sister and brother-in-law were murdered in broad daylight in the middle of a mall. I'll help. Just promise me that when we find a good fit, you'll go. I don't want you to just wallow. You're right. I hate it, but you're right. Yeah, I usually am. Now, come on. Let's get all this cleaned up. Hey, I know I was going to take the train back to the city tonight, but why don't I take the couch instead? I don't want you to stay here alone. You sure? Don't you have a plant to water? You know I've killed all my plants. I have, like, a nasty poisonous thumb. (laughs) Come on, we can watch some dumb movie on Netflix to unwind. That would be amazing, actually. Thank you. Seriously. But, um, you take the bedroom? Oh, come on. You don't have to pull the self-sacrificing shtick with me. I'll take the couch. No, no, it's... It's... I've been sleeping on the couch ever since I came here. It feels wrong to take their bed. I mean, I tried on the first night, and it just... Felt like I was intruding. You know what I'm going to say. I know. Monday morning, I'm going to make some calls. No. On Monday morning, I need your latest article. You'll be focusing on that, not babysitting me. I can multitask. I'm fine. Seriously. I'll do some research tomorrow. Pinky swear. If you say so. But before bed, we are watching something really bad that we can make fun of. Like full-on Statler and Waldorf heckling. (laughs) That sounds perfect. The rest of the evening was uneventful. Natalie didn't talk about therapy, and Tanya was able to distract herself a little with the ridiculous rom-com Natalie chose. When it was time for bed, Natalie hugged her tightly. It's gonna be okay. Promise. I know. (sighs) Let me know if you need me at all tonight, but for now, I'm going to pass the fuck out. Moving all your stuff today has me beat. As Tanya settled onto the couch under her favorite comforter, she noticed a picture of Tammy and Jim on the mantel. Usually the picture brought her joy, but today it felt strange. The eyes in the photograph were angled towards her, and she felt as though it was watching her, or rather, she felt as though something was watching her. After an hour of tossing and turning, she finally decided to get up and get a glass of water, hoping it would settle her enough to fall asleep. As she stood by the kitchen window, glass cradled in her hands, Tanya peered down the driveway that cut through the large front yard. In the dim street light at the end of the driveway, 
she thought she saw the man from before. His hands were deep in his pockets, and the hood of his jacket once again covered his face. Though he was farther away, she knew his eyes were on the house. And on her. What the fuck? She blinked, setting the glass down and pressing her face to the window to see if he was really there. By the time she'd done so, he'd vanished into the night, leaving Tanya to wonder if he was truly there at all. Shottlecotty as Natalie, Tyler Herchuk as the cashier, Jamie Richard Stewart as the customer, and Jess Flom as the officer. Liars and Leeches was produced by Hemlock Creek Productions. The story was created by Marissa Ewing and the script written by K.J. Scott with script editing provided by Meg Williams. Dialogue editing, mixing, and mastering was done by Marissa Ewing. Sound design by Melissa Pons and music written by Nico Vitesi of We Talk of Dreams. Additional recording assistance provided by Jordan Alexander and Trey Baker of Music City Studios. To learn more about the show, cast, and crew, visit www.hemlockcreekprod.com that's Hemlock Creek, P-R-O-D, dot com. Thank you for listening. We will return next week. 